<laughs> but we had such a good time. I've said this, this joke before, but um, pretend I didn't because I thought it was funny. Did you know the guy, the guy that wrote the Hokey Pokey passed away? Longest recorded sermon ever, funeral. Yeah, they put his right foot in, took his right foot out, put his right foot in, shook it all about. And all the people said, what's this? Oh, never mind. He's so good. I'm so excited today. Uh, just, I'm always excited to preach the word, but he had taken me off our, our normal, what we've been doing as a series, and brought this to me. And uh, I know I needed it, so I know it's not just for me, because he wants to use my voice to, to declare his goodness. And uh, that's what he's called me to do. But this is entitled, Nothing to Fear. This is a test only a test. Nothing to fear. This is a test. So this is a fear test. I'm going to share with you some things that you, I'm, I, I know I'm not the only one in the room, and let's welcome again our online crowd. God bless you. We've got people watching us from different states around the world. But I want to pass the fear test. I want to get past some things that maybe have held me up in the past or that are holding me up in the present so that I can get to my future. And I want that future to always be with God. But I want to take authority over fear. I want to trust God and trust his love and his promises. Do you know they are yes and amen? The amen part is meaning so be it. So God says yes, we just say so be it. And I grew up in church. I don't know if you've all grown up in church. Maybe some of you have come to church just recently. We used to hear God answers yes and no and maybe Pretty much the word just says, you know, if it goes with the word, it's yes. That's it. Man puts in all the no and the maybes because we don't understand a lot of things, do we? We're going to get to some of that. But I don't know about you. I want to keep the devil under my feet. I want when my feet hit the ground in the morning, I want him to know I'm up. I do. I want him to be like, oh, no. Gleese is up. He's going to cause damage to the dark side. Yes, I am. I want to keep him under my feet. I want to starve fear and I want to feed my faith. You've never arrived. If you think you've arrived, that's part of your issue. Yep. How many knows that life is full of tests? When you're growing up, you've got math tests, driving tests. How many love those? Remember when they taught driver's ed in school? We went to driver's ed. That was fun. I liked driver's ed because it wasn't like regular school. You know, we were in there and we, you know, we, we cracked up in driver's ed. But anyway, you had driving. Then you had driving tests. Always when you had to go get your license, you had the person beside you with the clipboard watching everything you did or didn't do. Was that light red? Really? Was it, I mean, kind of pink, wasn't it? You know, or that was a stop sign. I think it was suggested. No, that wasn't suggested. They mark all those things. There's vision tests. Tell me what you see. All that kind of stuff. So you have all that stuff. Life tests. Patience. We are a, we're a people that have no fun waiting in front of the microwave. You put something in the microwave and you got to wait a minute and you are almost upset. A minute. Why is this taking so long? 
My kids would wait. My boys would wait. put something in the microwave. Hot pockets. I would tell the boys, look at the package. What's it say? Hot pockets. What's that mean? Hot pockets. What's that mean? They're pockets and they're hot. Quit shoving it in your mouth as soon as you get out of the microwave because then you walk around going, (laughs) it's a hot pocket. Tess, traffic. I've been told I've been number one driver. They weren't using this finger. But a test is designed to measure performance. How'd you do? You know, that kind of thing. Gauge understanding. Determine whether they have mastered a particular skill. When it comes to our spiritual lives, we still are getting tested. Satan throws out all kinds of tests, challenging things, circumstances, hoping we'll take the bait, give him an in route in our life. What's his favorite? Fear. He loves fear. The Bible says over 365 times, don't fear. If God's going to say it that many times, don't you think he means it? Shows up in all kinds of forms, though. Worry, anxiety, different phobias, fear of this, fear of that, fear of being wrong, what if, what if that, those kind of things. But it is Satan's primary weapon, and he responds to fear like God responds to faith. He uses fear to challenge the promises of God. He steals hope away from believers. Fear. you got to understand how the enemy works. The enemy is an angel, fallen, right? He is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient. Omnipresent means he's not everywhere at the same time. He's not omniscient. In other words, he's not all-knowing. He responds when he throws these things at you, and you respond to them. And he sees how you respond. He knows whether to pile it on. It's not working. Keep trying. He responds by your reaction because he can't be everywhere. In other words, he himself in person cannot be messing with you and messing with me at the same time. He has to have help. God, on the other hand, is omniscient. He is all-knowing. God can be everywhere. There's no place that God cannot be. If there's roll call given anywhere USA and they say, God, he's already here. He's already been there. But fear brings a lot of things with it. When we allow fear... In, it brings with it, if I could, the three stooges. Let me explain who they are. Doubt, unbelief, and confusion. Because when we fear, we start questioning. God, you did tell me to do this, right? We start doubting. I'm not following you, God. It isn't as clear as what I thought it would be. You see, in the Christian world, we have this kind of belief. If God is involved in it, you should have no trouble. That's not in the Bible, just so you know. It is, I think there are times when God puts things together and you do go through some things and he has put his hand on it and hallelujah to that. But for the most part, if God is involved, there's a fight. 
You know why? Because the enemy is always coming for the word. He's coming for what God wants to put inside you because if you believe the word, you see, this is as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. So as the earth gets planted in your belief system, it will bring forth a harvest. If he can get to that before that happens, you don't get what you, you're believing for. The fear test measures whether we're operating in the hope of God's word or not. See, that's what hope is, like a binocular. If we're looking through something and God says, I want you to look over here, and you look over there, hope is what brings that into focus. He's telling you what to look at, but hope is like, hmm. He's bringing the picture out, the details, as, <coughs> excuse me, as you walk it out. So if you're in fear, you're not in hope. If you're not in hope, you're not in faith because you're going to need hope and faith together. If you're not in faith, you're not in love. It's easy to see how the enemy will use fear just to get you off track, to, to derail you. will make you miserable. <laughs> Have you ever gotten a toy as a kid that you just loved, but you didn't get any batteries for it? No kid wants a toy. If it takes batteries, get him the batteries. Now, when I was a kid, we had toys. They never had batteries. You were the noises. You made all the sounds. You did everything. We used what we call, this is a new word for most people, young people, imagination. I sound like SpongeBob, don't I? Imagination. <laughs> we, we had to, what would this be like? And we would use our own sounds. But we get afraid. The enemy tries to derail us, tries to get you off track. We face a test. My question to us this morning, do we pass or do we fail? Maybe you've failed before, but you're ready to pass. I know what it's like to fail. Do you know what it's like to fail? I've told you this before, but quickly, I had to take a state insurance test to, to do forward financial group. Some of you guys think I'm so smart. Some of you don't think that. <laughs> Some of you do. It's a state exam. A state exam, you are videotaped the whole time. You cannot look suspicious. If you decide to go, oh, I just think I'll look on the inside of my jacket, they will come and take your test and you are done. You can't, let me see what's up my sleeve. You can't write anything. I mean, everything, your phone has to be locked in your car. You have, you, they give you, here's your pencil, here's a pad. You must put your wallet and keys up on the desk and you are videotaped the whole time. Just that alone is like, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to take your test and the whole time you're not really thinking of it and you're picking your nose or nothing. That's no good because they're going to see that. Some of you might be, let them see it. Anyway, let me just get to the chase, okay? I failed the test four times. Four. I graduated in the top third of my class. I went to college four times. I just had this test like boing. And I have, you have to pay every time you take it. They knew me by my first name. Hi, Brad. How you doing? You going to pass today? Okay. We got a chair for you. But I finally passed it. You had to get a 70 to pass. Guess what I got? Thank you, Jesus. 
I would have loved to have said I got 93, but I didn't. I got a 70. Anyway, I know what it's like to fail. But I also know what it's like not to quit. I am not a quitter. That part is not inside me. I don't like that. My wife can tell you, I just do not like that. It's just part of, I don't know. But I'm thankful that God put that there. But if I have failed, and I have, I want to pass. I want to figure out what I did wrong so that I don't do it again. Have you been fighting fear? Have you been struggling with, like, you know, the things of the enemy? You're never going to make it. This is going to happen. This, 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 and this. I'm going to give you five questions today. We're going through them pretty quickly. But I want you to learn how to take authority over fear. Trust in God's love and his promises. Keep the devil under your feet. That's where he belongs. Starve fear and feed your faith. You ready? Here we go. Question one. Are you taking authority over fear? Look at Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over part. It says all. It doesn't say part. It doesn't say some. It says all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. <clears throat> now, this is kind of a, a thin line. And I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to make you mad. If you get mad at me, we'll be in heaven a long time. You've got to get over it. <laughs> but I had to write this because I, I struggled with this myself. And I think there's a fine line when we, somebody says, I, you need to have a healthy fear. Okay, I get that. Like a, a healthy fear of the Lord. I get that. I don't like the phrase of that because it's fear of the Lord. I don't like that part of it. And I've said it before, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm totally disagreement with it, but I think that's a fine line. So let me explain. I think we misinterpret that. I believe in that phrase is also meaning a lot more when we say fear of the Lord, respect, knowledge, reverence. That's what I believe. Not like, I'm afraid, stay away from me. It's referring to another way to say that. So let me just make that very clear. It's an acknowledgement of who God is. Most of my issues, and probably yours as well, is because it's not... It's my knowledge. I didn't understand it. So as I grow in knowledge of the things of God, you'll never tap God out. He's, I mean, there's no limit to me. He has no, there's no, he's like endless. So if you go for more of God, he'll give you all. I mean, you, you have everything. We just have to know how to access it. Honestly. Some people think fear is good. I don't. I don't know of anything good about it. The Bible says it's not of God. It brings torment, not peace, not wisdom, not freedom. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So the first question of the test is, where are our fears coming from, and are we taking authority over them? If you're afraid, why are you afraid? Where are they coming from? Let me make some more things clear, and I'm helping me too, so please. If, you're a, if you came from a poor family, you might have fear of not getting enough. 
are not getting fed. I talked to a person one time. He had eight brothers. I don't know if he had any sisters, but he said whoever ate fastest got more. They got seconds because by the time if you ate slow, it was gone. There are people that, you know, they just didn't have much. I've told you stories of, you know, my, my dad worked a couple jobs. My mom worked at Murphy's. Remember Murphy's downtown? If you think real hard, you can still smell those subs in there. If you <laughs> Remember that, all the onion smell of those? But those were awesome. Remember Kresge's? Across the road, you can go there and sit at the counter. Some of you are like, Brett, you are old. Be quiet. You might say, I, I just, I always want to have enough. My, my father-in-law, who's with Jesus now, he, one of the reasons I think he, they always, I go to Charlotte's house, they always had food and good food and lots of it. Pepsi by the bottle stacked in there. When she fed me, she gave me hamburgers, not one, but two. She's a woman of God. Awesome. <laughs> I found out what fried green tomatoes were. I thought they were just a special kind of tomato. Those guys, they were laughing at me in the kitchen. They said, Brett, they're just not ripe. I'm like, okay. I don't care. They just taste good. Give me more. <laughs> I don't want to have a fear of anything. I want to be on solid rock, on Christ. If we apply the principles of God, the devil... He wants to rob those until, everybody say until, until you take charge. Oh, it's just God's will. No, God's will doesn't automatically come to pass. I've taught you that. You have to take authority. He gave it to you. I mean, you understand that, right? God has kept us safe. If anybody broke in my house, nobody ever has. He would keep me safe. But if, if that ever happened, I am not going to get on my knees and say, oh, God, please send an angel to get this robber out of the house. Don't let him go to the kids' room. Oh, God. Oh, no. I am going to say, God, give me strength to throw him out on the front yard while Kim's calling the police and just pray that I don't get to the gun in time. See, that's going to blow some people away. <laughs> I didn't mean that metaphor. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that unless absolutely necessary. I'm just, okay. What I'm saying is I would take authority in that situation. Until we go before God. Until we say, you know, I don't want to be afraid anymore. Do you, do, do you remember? I mean, I'm just trying to make things real to you. I don't know if you've, you, you've ever, we all have saw the Karate Kid, both versions. And remember when Miyagi, before he does the, does that? Daniel's saying, it's not right. I, I, it's, it, it's, I'm not in balance. And then the, the new remake, he's just like, I'm still afraid. When I leave here, I don't want to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be afraid. God is just waiting for you to take the authority he's given you. Repent of the fear and say, God, show me. 
Get rid of it. Sickness is the same way. If you don't want poverty, you don't have to be afraid. If you don't want sickness, you don't have to be afraid of sickness. If you're afraid of it, there's a good chance you're going to get sick. This is how quiet that is. You can almost expect it because you have already let sickness rule. You're not a sick person trying to get well. You're a well person fighting off sickness. It is viewpoint. It is perspective. Fear produces sickness. I got to preach a lot in, on staff because my, my senior pastor at the time was sick a lot. He was constantly worried about catching something. Getting the latest shot, the flu shot, the this, the that. Oh, I got to do this, got to do that. It gave me an opportunity to preach. I preached more than any other person in any of the history of that church they ever had on staff. And I, I didn't ask that. It was a setup. I was just, I guess, if you want to say naive enough just to believe if God said it, that's, that's good. He was the guy I was on staff when, when I went in and prayed for people. And I'm just like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? You have to take authority. Now, God didn't make him sick. You understand what I'm saying? He was afraid, and so that he opened the door for that to just come on him. you got to take authority over that. No fear on that. That's from the enemy. Trust in God's word. The Bible says he's already healed you. Come on, somebody. He's already healed you. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, he has bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. His chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we, the Bible says, are healed. Past tense. First Peter 2, 24 who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes, again, past tense, you were healed. We went into ministry. We didn't know anybody. Kim and I were just talking about this the other day. We left our hometown. We had somebody say to us one time, it must be so exciting to go to a new town and, 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 you know, but see, our viewpoint was it must be so nice to have your roots to be able to put down, know where your store is and your bank is and your friends and your neighbors. We go to a town. We didn't know anybody. The job at one church, we went, we moved. They showed up on a day they weren't supposed to show up. And the pastor said, we're moving you today. I'm like, it was supposed to be next week. We decided it was today. It have been nice to let us know. We got moved that day. I can't tell you how many things got broke. Lamps got broke. All kinds of stuff. People just going, well, we had a whole week yet to pack, to finish. We got there. We got in the house, and that was a miracle of God. The house was itself. The Lord had given PK a dream, and she, she couldn't make that time for me to go look at the house. We had to rent. She said, but you'll know it when you see it. And she told me in detail, this is what it is. You might say, wow, that's different. You need, husbands and wives, you need communication like that. You need to be able to talk like that to each other. Because I need to trust her that she heard from God. She needs to trust me that I heard from God. 
So she explained to me, this is what you'll see. So when I walked into this house, it was just like she said. And I think it was we, we seven fifty for rent, seven or seven fifty, something like that. <clears throat> and I said, "This is the house my wife dreamed about." The guy, the guy's looking at me like I'm from Mars. He's like, "Okay." And if his name was Mr. Jenniton, so if you're watching Mr. Jenniton, we love you. But uh, he, you know, he said, "Well, you like it?" And I said, we, "Yeah, we'll take it." He said, "Okay, the rent's twelve hundred a month." And, and in her dream, it said, we're going to get it for $750. I said, I, I can't do seven, I can't do $1,200, but we can do $750. He said, there's no way I can do that for $750. I said, that's what we can do it for. You know, before the conversation was over, he, this is what he says. I didn't, do, I didn't put him in an arm lock. I didn't do anything. He just said, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but you can have it for $750. The pastor was like, he had told me, you know, I'd, I told him, I said, we're going to get it. This is our budget. He goes, you cannot find a house on that budget over there. Can't be done. I said, it will be done. It's already done. And I don't even, I don't even know what I'm preaching. I mean, I know what I'm preaching now, but I didn't really know what I was preaching then. I just know that's what he said. He told her, good enough for me. I said, it's already there. I don't know where it is, but I found it. And he said, well, then I told him, he's like, You've got to be kidding me. He had to come over and see it for himself. It just happened the way God said it would. You've got to understand the enemy doesn't like the word and he doesn't like it planted in you. But in all of that, we had ourselves. That's it. That next day was a Friday. I didn't even have the kids bed together. We were sleeping on mattresses and... The pastor says, see you in the morning, 9 o'clock, don't be late. I'm like, man, if you could, if you could have seen my five-foot wife, she was just about to be like, like Rocky Balboa coming out of the corner, you know. Oh, Rocky really wants it. You know, I mean, she was, and I was, I'm like, boss, I didn't even have the, be- I don't even know where the store is. Don't be late. That was my first day. On the job. Start off really well. The enemy wants to come in. And again, we all have choices. God's not doing that. We want to, oh, I'm, I'm concerned about my kids. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Sometimes they almost consume us. We have to pass the fear test. Take authority over fear by standing on Psalm 91 is a good one. And many other promises. But the word, the word, the word, the word, put your hope and faith in the word. 6.12 of Ephesians says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. If you take authority over fear and break the power of poverty and sickness and failure that fear was designed to bring, it won't have the opportunity to come to pass in your life. So you have to take authority. So Moving to question number two, are you trusting in God's love? 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This verse is pretty clear. There is no fear in love. It sounds pretty simple. If you have love, you won't fear. The Bible also says God is love. 1 John 4, 8, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if you have God, you have love, which means you shouldn't have fear, right? 
I mean, that's true, but wow. But if we still have fear, the next question is, are we really trusting God's love? Most of us are trying, but we're not fully trusting. Love is a powerful force, and it causes our faith to work. Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith worketh through love. That's King James. New King James working through love. It keeps us in line with the word. Isn't it hard to love all the time? Not man's love, but God's love. John 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You see, if we love the way God wants us to, it keeps us out of the devil's trap of fear. We have to trust God and the love he has for us. The world has taught us, don't get your hopes up. I remember the Lord telling my wife, get your hopes up. It was just opposite of what everybody, oh, I wouldn't, don't get your hopes up. But if you put your faith in the word of God, you can have great hopes. You can have great peace. If you trust in his love, you'll believe that he wants to prosper you. That it's, that's what he wants. It is his will. He likes, I'm trying not to sneeze. I'm, He loves to prosper you. If you believe it's his will will to heal your body, that's what he wants. He wants you to walk in wellness. If you believe he'll protect your children, that's what he wants. You have to believe the love. You got to see yourself walking in the love of God. It allows you, when you can see that God really loves you, then you can start loving others. Sometimes my wife is better at this than me. Sometimes in those traffic situations, people will just cut you off. And I'll be like, oh, man, do you ever want to get up beside them and just go? (laughs) I mean, you know, just like, are you seriously? Or you want to go, see this thing, this thing over here? That's a turn signal. You hit it that way, it goes, you know, you just want to say things. She will say things while I'm saying those kind of human things. She'll say, honey, maybe they have to get to the hospital. Maybe something's wrong. Maybe they need to get somewhere. Maybe they, she's so spiritual. (laughs) But she's right. I mean, I don't know their situation. I don't know where they're going. Love. God, just help me to love. Help me to be more like you. Third question. I love this one. Are you fully persuaded? Romans 4.21, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able, also able to perform. That's New King James. King James says being fully persuaded, what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Pretty much says, one says convinced, one says fully persuaded, meaning the same thing. How do you know if you're fully persuaded? You're fully convinced? Because you think it, You feel it, you wish to believe it. When you know you're fully persuaded or you're fully convinced, this is what this, you cannot be moved off of it. You have people that'll say, I have people that have argued with me about all kinds of things. Argued about tithing. It's not for today, although it's in the New Testament and Jesus said you should. That would be enough, in my opinion. 
But they're great people. But here's what I'm saying. You can't convince me otherwise. I've seen too much. I've seen him bless me too much. I've seen his word come to true. I've, seen, I've got fruit from it. You can't tell me it doesn't work. I've seen it happen. I'm fully persuaded. I've seen people get healed. You mean God still heals today? Yes, because you're already healed. We have to take what he did on the cross and apply it. I've seen too much. Does he still cast out demons today? Yes. No matter what anybody in the world says, they could have a new study and say, guess what? We believe that the sky is orange. Your neighbor could say, yep, the sky's orange. That's the new blue. <laughs> You're going to be like, no, all you got to do is look at it. It's blue. But what about the things you can't see? See, this is where it gets a little tough in the natural. The promises of God, the things you're believing for before they come to pass. I am going to do a series on if you feel it's not working, why and what we can do about it. But do you understand this is what happens? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things. What happens when we believe in faith, it happens in the spiritual realm. It always happens there first. And then it comes to pass in the natural realm. When you believe with your faith and you are fully persuaded and you receive what has already happened in the spiritual realm, faith goes into that realm, grabs a hold of that, and brings it back to the natural realm. Does that make sense? It's already happened. Faith is going to go get it for you. You have to put your trust in something besides your five senses. That's where the enemy has you, your five senses. You have to see it, feel it, taste it, hear it, whatever, or it's not true. God is deeper than that. Fear gets you in the five sense realm. That's where you get afraid. That's why Halloween is such a big deal. Boo! Because they'll get you in the natural realm. The enemy wants to scare you in the natural realm. But I'm looking at some deeper people. You don't get moved in the... You, you are fully persuaded. You are fully persuaded. If you do this, let me say, this is, this is not... If you're saying this, I am going... I know, I know God will heal me. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of even saying this. So I'm going to give God first crack at it. You ever did that? I did. Well, God, you can, I'm going to go to you first, and if you don't heal me, I'm going to go to the doctor. Now, I have nothing against doctors. God uses doctors, okay? And he may, you may feel led of the Lord to go and, and the he created people and doctors and medicine. I get that. I'm not against doctors. I've been to the doctor. What I'm saying is the mindset behind what I'm trying to tell you. I hope this makes sense. If, if you're supposed to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. It's okay. He might say, take this medicine. This will help you. If that's what he said, take it. If that's what he's saying. Does that make sense? 
If you don't like it, I'm sorry. Not really, but kind of. <laughs> My point is if there is a plan B, your plan B is your plan A. If you're like, I'm going to, if not, I'm going here. You might as well just go there. Because that's where your faith is. I'm just going to go there. I'm going to get out of debt, but if God doesn't come through, I have this visa. Where's your faith at? It's in the visa. See, nobody wants to say those things. But I'm trying to help us. You, you need to understand when you are fully persuaded, it's God. Period. It's God. Take a stand on the word of God. The enemy will immediately come and challenge those promises with every fear tactic he can come up with. He comes for the word. He sends people to speak unbelief. Well, that's crazy. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You should be doing this. There's pressure from all these different sides. Circumstances are going in the opposite direction of the way you want to stand. Bad reports, discouraging thoughts, you name it. Let's not forget for one moment that Satan is a liar. He is the father of lies. So if we're going to pass the fear test and we won't be in fear, we have to be fully persuaded. What God has promised will come to pass. I don't want to be in fear. I want to have hope. The image that's on inside, what is God showing you? Can you see it? Can you see it in the spiritual? I see every one of these chairs filled and the wings. I see it. I see it all the time. We'll have it because Jesus wants more people. Not because of numbers, because of influence, kingdom. People, you know what? Let's empty out hell and fill up heaven. What do you say? Amen. Let's do whatever God tells us to do, period. Question four. Are you giving the devil an inch? 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. Three words summed up in the enemy's mission. Steal, kill, destroy. That's John 10.10. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. But the enemy uses steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to get you derailed. He wants to get you off course. He wants to get you off focus. He wants to get you off of God going, are you fully convinced? Sometimes people think it's no big deal if you worry. It's harmless. And they almost feel irresponsible if you don't. There's been times even with our children, we've been fighting uh, sickness trying to come on and <laughs> we took authority over it and as far as I was concerned they were healed I didn't feel I needed to do anything else I didn't feel anything matter of fact I just said Lord you tell me what to do and I'll do it I didn't feel I had to battle anymore because I was fully persuaded it was done you know what he told me to do one time Maddie was sick he just said go in there you don't have to say anything just lay her across your chest she was just little. She just laid across my chest. And the longer she laid there, the better she got. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we put God in a box? 
but yet he's never been in a box. Man puts him in there. But Jesus did so many things different all the time. Spit on mud, put it on somebody's eye. Tell him to stretch a withered hand for Just touch his garment. Do this. Just say the word. Whatever. Walk on water. Give me the fish and the loaves. We'll, we'll feed everybody. It was always never the same. It was just like, this is what you do. Peter, go fishing. First fish you catch. Now, Peter fished all his life. Wouldn't that be like, Really? Okay, but yet Peter does it. Now think about what I'm saying because of who told him. There's so many things that God wants to tell you, but can he trust you? Are you afraid to follow him? If you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. If he can plant a fear of seed or a seed of fear in you, It'll grow because you'll entertain those fear threats. Just like faith will grow, fear will grow. It depends on what you plan. There's only one answer. Don't give fear a place. I know Kim and I have talked before, and she's like even sometimes she's had to get up in the middle of the night and just be like, this is not, I will not give this any place, and will stand. Back in the day, remember Dallas Holm? Anybody remember Dallas Holm? He sang a song, Against the Wind. Sometimes then I feel like life, against the wind. It's like it's just blowing. But yet Jesus made his disciples get in a boat. I told you last week, a two-hour trip. It took them nine hours maybe, I don't know. But they didn't quit. One version even says when Jesus got in the boat, they were on the other side as soon as he stepped in, as soon as him and Peter got in. That's pretty cool. Don't give fear a place. Don't give it any place. Things from your past. Well, remember the good old days. Couldn't there be better days now? Some of those good old days weren't so good, were they? I mean, I'm not saying you can't have good memories. Maybe the times you failed, the enemy will bring all those up. Look what you did. Remember when you did that? Rehearsing them. You are cursed. He'll tell you that. You can't be used of God. He is a liar. Don't open the door to fear. Put them under the blood of Jesus. Wash them away. Refuse to fear. Start telling the devil, devil, you're trying to put fear on me. I'm not going to accept it. Get out of here and don't come back. Have you ever gotten a package that you had to sign for? When you sign for the package that says you receive whatever they gave you. Don't sign for fear. He wants to deliver it. Don't sign for it. Return to sender. <laughs> Just send it back. I'm not taking that. Here's our last question. Are you feeding faith or starving fear? Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The NIV says, do not be anxious about anything. Man, I'm telling you, there's sometimes we just get excited. I love Christmas. I get excited about just, I love giving good gifts. I love that. I can't wait to see gifts I give to people just so they open. I'm like, yes. Maddie gets so excited, she can't hardly contain herself. She does this. <laughs> if you go back to Maddie and say, hey, Maddie, how you doing? She'll be like, you've talked to dad, haven't you? 
Because that's what she does. She gets so excited. She can't even wait. Mother's Day, Kim will get like 75 gifts two weeks before Mother's Day. I'm like, can you keep that idea by Father's Day? I mean, it's always mom. <laughs> now, if you go to the zoo and it says stuff like this, don't feed the crocodiles. You know why? Or go to Yellowstone. Do not feed the bears. There's actually, this is true, there's actually a picture of, or there's a sign that says, do not take selfies with the bears. <laughs> Who's doing that? Hang on, let's see if I, I'll go a little closer. <laughs> do not feed the bears. Why? Because if you feed them, we've all seen AFV where they rip things off your car and they're more dangerous because they want more. That's what fear does. You feed it, it wants more. It's never satisfied. It will just keep going, take you down to a place you don't want to be. It's dangerous when you feed it. But if you starve it, it gets smaller until it goes away, till it doesn't exist in your life, till what used to make you afraid doesn't make you afraid anymore. Because you have passed that test. You have stood up. You have been fully persuaded. You know God is good. You know what his word says. You declare it. You live by it. You walk it. It is part of your DNA. It is who you are. Fear is not creeping in. You won't allow it. Pass the fear test. Feed faith. Starve fear. How do you feed faith? With the word. The word of God. 1017 of Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What you put in your eyes, put in your ears, you feast on. Most of the time is the direction you'll, you'll head. Feed your spirit hot meals daily, not just quick once a week snacks. Let God's word become the final authority in every area of your life. Let the word of God be the plumb line. In other words, should I do that? Should I not do it? What's the word say? If the word says yes, do it. If the word says no, don't. Think about what you're thinking about. Now, that sounds kind of redundant, but think about what you're thinking about. If you're thinking about something that doesn't line up with the word, do what Jesse Duplantis says. says That's not my thought. I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to Philippians 4, 8 it. That's what, whatsoever things are pure, good, holy, of good report. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my mind, I'm going to think on those. What you're thinking about. Philippians 4, 9b, it says, the God of peace be with you. That's the latter part of the next verse. So when you're thinking on God's word, instead of worrying about your circumstances, you're feeding your faith simultaneously and you're starving your fear. So you're doing one and you're starving the other. That's what you need. So how do you starve fear? Don't feed it. What does fear eat? Glad you asked me. <laughs> the best food for fear? Secular media. You're not going to like this. Most of the news. People who speak negatively all the time. Somebody that's always waiting on the second shoe to drop. Well, so Brett, what are you saying? I'm saying balance, Daniel-san.
Remove some of those things from your life and go on a fear-free diet. Just like, you know, hey, I'm watching my sugar intake. I get this sugar-free. I get this fat-free. Go on a fear-free diet. Quit entertaining the things that fear feeds on. Then guard what you say. If you're believing for something, don't say anything contrary to what the Word says, what God says concerning that. Guilty of that, too. I'm thankful I have a wife that helps me with that. Keep your hopes up. Don't tear them down. Don't cripple your faith with negative words. Don't talk bad about yourself. Done that before, too. Speak God's promises in faith. So we went through five questions. How'd you do? Do you think you have I'm not asking for a show of hands. If you, if you get a 70, you can pass with it. No, I'm not. <laughs> but the next time the devil tries to steal your hope with fear, look at God's promises for your life. Put those strategies to work. You look, at least for me, I find out that's, that's what I'm thinking, or what I'm saying. We'll end up living what we talk about, what we think, because that's where we stand. Again, it's a plan B. If it goes different from the word, I believe God, if... I'm just trying to be as transparent as I can. I'm, I'm really finished speaking, but I, I heard this in a podcast. <clears throat> I preached one time, the devil hates deadlines. I think he does to some extent when God puts the deadline. But so many times I have put the deadline, not God. Does that make any kind of sense to you i've just said kind of like the plan b lord if you don't heal me by such and such time then i'm going to do this or i'm going to well the devil hears that and knows that so that's just he's going to rain on your parade and then when that doesn't happen because god didn't orchestrate that you got that to deal with so now you've made a mess of the mind thought of that what's the answer trust just trust. If his word says it, it's done. He means it. There is no other. When I pray for people, I literally believe they got their healing when I prayed for them. I am not them. I do not handle their belief system. I handle mine. Okay, so as far as I'm concerned, it's already been paid for. It's already there. You have to be able to take it from the spiritual world, bring it into the natural world because he already did that, believe that, and it happens. What I'm telling you is I've lived both sides of this. I have studied karate in three different styles. I have belts in all three. I loved tournament fighting. 
My wife just says, because you just love to fight. Part of that is true. But during practice one time, I was just doing this goofy spinning back roundhouse kick. And I did it. And the teacher said, do 10 more or one more or whatever. And I, I knew inside, for whatever reason, I shouldn't. And I did snap my Achilles tendon. My left foot just broke it clear off. And it felt like, if you've ever rolled your ankle, that's kind of what it felt like. I mean, I knew like, oh, that's not good. And my foot was just, because there's nothing, you, you, can't, you can't do that because there's nothing there attached to do that. And I remember sitting down and I was just trying to not pass out. And I didn't, you know, I'm, my pain tolerance is pretty high, I guess. But still, it was, like, it was not good. My kids were in the class, a couple of them, I think, weren't they? I don't, yeah. and they're, you know, PP, you okay? I'm good, I'm good, man, you know, because we're jocks and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm good. And I picked my foot up and I'm like, that ain't good. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going on about it. But I remember, I'm just being honest. I'm going to let God heal this. I'm going to let him. That's not God's viewpoint. God's viewpoint was, you're already healed. But I'm going to let him, and, and if this doesn't get healed soon, then I'll go to the doctor. I walked on that foot for over six weeks. I was in a play at the palace, and they said, you should, can you do this? And I'm like, I, I, I can do it with this foot. I can't do it with that one. They said, what's the matter? I said, I don't know. Mm. But my mindset was not a godly mindset because it was, listen to what I'm trying to tell you, it wasn't word-based. It was Brett-based. And if the enemy wants to use anything Brett-based, well, I'm just going to put a deadline on this. And I, my faith wasn't where it needed to be, so finally I believe the Lord said, you need to go get this fixed. Because I wouldn't trust him to do it. I'd love to tell you I did. I didn't. I went and got it fixed. They, I don't know how they attached it. I showed it to Pastor Gary, and he goes, that looks painful. I said, it was. But I think I could have avoided a lot of that had I learned this and applied it. But I didn't. And during that six weeks, that was some of the most horrendous six weeks of torment, I can tell you, with faith, I can remember going through. And then when I got it fixed, the recovery, bombardment of the enemy and lies. It was on the other side. You should have trusted God. See how weak you are? Your faith doesn't do it. I mean, it just went on and on. My stance, the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Stuff I didn't do right, didn't handle right, under the blood. Under the blood. Show me, God. Show me. And God, just like Peter, just pick you right back up. The thing I love about that story 
is when Peter sank in the water, he picked him up. How cool would it be to walk back to the boat with Jesus? Would that not be cool? Could you imagine? I mean, think of that. He first walks on the water. Then he sinks. Jesus says, come on. Picks him up and they go back. You know, he's probably going. That's right. That's right. Jesus. That's my brother, Jesus. But that's how he looks at you. He loves you. Brett, I've, I've failed so many times. He knows. Repent. Move forward. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, with all those watching, we have all battled fear. In Jesus' name, it stops today. If you're in this building and you are going to put God's word in force, take authority, put fear under your feet, starve fear, feed faith, I want you just to put your hand in the air. Yes, all over the place, in the name of Jesus. Those online, you just raise your hand. God will meet you right where you're at. Say this with me. Say, fear, you are not in my life. I will not give you place. By the blood of Jesus, I bind you. Get out. In Jesus' name, I'm free. Now, faith, I have all I need. I will operate in the faith of God. He has given me the measure, not a measure, but the measure. And so because of that, I have everything I need. I will exercise my faith. I am an overcomer. I am victorious. Jesus paid the price. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout.